So this movement is also in sonata form. So before the screen tells us, what's sonata form? I love this moment. I ask it every year, and the teachers do this. Because the students all know, but nobody's going to admit it. ABA. So close. Whoever said ABA, that's ternary form. Sonata is like a posh ternary form, so don't be too upset. You were nearly right. Sonata has three sections. It has the exposition, the development, and the recapitulation. The recapitulation and the exposition are roughly the same, so it is a kind of modified, incredibly clever ABA, so you're only half wrong. Okay, so we've got the exposition section, which is where the composer exposes all of his ideas. And usually there are two ideas, which are called the first and the second subject, and we just heard the beginning of his second subject. Then there's a development section where the ideas are developed, and usually they go through different keys. It all gets very exciting. But Beethoven's piece is already very exciting, and he's gone through a lot of different keys by now, so it's hard to pinpoint exactly where the development section starts. But I think it's here, after the first first pause in the music. So listen out for that little bit. Beethoven continues to fling ideas around and go through different keys and he goes part way through a cycle of fifths. The idea of a cycle of fifths is a big classical period thing, the cycle of fifths. If you don't know what it is, look it up when you leave. And eventually he gets back home and we begin the recapitulation. Now the recap is usually a return to the beginning ideas but in the home key. But this is Beethoven and Beethoven was a genius. So Beethoven adds a counter melody to his recap which sort of reveals to us the harmony underneath his original theme. That's just, that is just genius, what just happened then, genius. So we travel through the recap and we use all the ideas that we heard earlier, the antiphonal punctuation, two subjects, second subject, first subject. We even venture into the beginning of the development section and Beethoven reaches the dominant key of G and begins a coda. What's a coda? Thank you. Listen now for some high trills at this point and we eventually make it safely back to the home key and the end, except it's not the end. Because Beethoven liked to play with his audience. He actually liked to sit and watch the audience and laugh at them when they clapped at the wrong time. Told you he wasn't a very nice guy. He often put false endings on his pieces for that very reason, and that's what he does here. It sounds like it's over, but then it slips sideways. Take a listen. <laughs> right? But don't clap. When it gets to the end, it'll have been going for a few minutes, you'll be like, ah, no, there's a second ending. So he does a second coda, and this features a device called a Mannheim crescendo. So a Mannheim crescendo is simply a crescendo from PP, very, very quiet, to FFF, very, very loud, by the whole ensemble in a relatively short amount of time. And it was named after the Mannheim Orchestra, who were the best orchestra of the mid-1700s and were famous for their crescendos. That's true. The LSO is the, is the best and most famous orchestra of today, so I think you guys should invent something like a crescendo so we can call it that instead. So it's very fashionable back in 1809 to include a Mannheim crescendo in your music and Beethoven uses his second coda to do that. And we have a classic cadence 
with the chord scheme. This is a classic one, six, two, five, one. That's the best cadence chord scheme that there is.